about growth. Hello, my friends. I'm very happy to join you today. My name is Dmitry Lapshinov. I am the founder of the system Svarga. Today, I would like to share with you my knowledge, which I gathered over the years, piece by piece, from the various traditions, such as Dao, Zen, Yogi of 18 Tamil Siddhi, Spas, and Dzogchen. I've been practicing these traditions for as long as 20 years. If I had to give you a very broad summary of all of this and present you with a holistic worldview picture with an emphasis on evolution and evolutionary practices, the algorithm interconnecting the the mind, the energy, and the body would emerge, and how this algorithm is affected by the consumption of the physical food. In our physical body, everything is connected, and the physical body is not just a dense matter, but an extension of our mind. In other words, it is a mind in a matter. Our bodies reflect everything what's happening in our minds and what is happening in our bodies would appear in our minds. For example, if a person doesn't trust oneself or gives oneself or the others mistaken impression, is accumulating falsehood and untruth, his spine would be curved rather than straight. His body posture will be affected. And the opposite is true. When a person is not standing straight, curving his back, over the time he's gonna become less confident in himself, will start deceiving himself and others. External influences internal and vice versa. And the state of first psychological uncertainty is usually experienced at school, when the teacher moves her eyes across the journal, trying to choose the pupil to answer her question. And all pupils start shrugging inside themselves and curving their backs in order not to be called out. That creates an imprint in our subconscious mind, which is being stored for a year, and over time we either add more subconscious imprints in response to various events, or we get rid of the old ones via practices and detoxification. So everything is totally interconnected. And at the top of it, there is consciousness. In different traditions, consciousness has many different names. Different words, but the same meaning. Here, I invite you to notice meaning beyond all available terminology. Please, try to understand the meaning of it. So, at the top of everything, there is consciousness or conscious mind. In the very beginning of learning how to expand one's consciousness, emphasis is being placed on training one-point focus or multi-point focus. In order to be able to focus, in the beginning one has to learn to build the focus, build the spirit, because its natural tendency is to travel to thousands of directions, to the thoughts, to the emotions, and thus dissipating the energy. And being fully present in the moment individual stops losing the energy, rather starts generating it. In order to build that spirit, we have to have strong fundamentals. Our ancestors used to say that meditation is a process of construction of a beautiful house, and it is useless to build a beautiful house on a swamp. There must be strong foundations, and if individual has weak foundations, weak health, energy, unbalanced brain hemispheres. You may meditate, you may chant, but attention will be scattered between the past and future, worrying or fall into the state of lethargy. In this case, attention is unstable. Individual can spend half an hour practicing meditation, however, wasting it on thoughts. On the other hand, you can practice meditation only five minutes and all these five minutes will be spent in total presence and collectedness. As a consequence, those five minutes will lead you to greater results. In order to build great focus and spirit, one must have strong foundations. And as I mentioned, in a healthy body, there is healthy spirit. 
Sick body will always demand attention to oneself and dissipate the energy. So, goal is to grow the consciousness, to increase the consciousness. And for that to happen, one has to have balanced brain hemispheres and energy. The higher the energy, the more focused attention. And the more unbalanced brain hemispheres, the less focused attention. By harmonizing brain hemispheres, we are building the focus. And by increasing the energy, we stabilizing it. The foundations of the consciousness are balanced brain hemispheres and energy. And the ability to harmonize one's brain hemispheres and increase the energy rests upon the health of physical body, its pH balance. If person's body's balance is on the acidic side, then while performing the practices, he is losing the energy. And if on the alkaline, then he is stabilizing the energy and storing at a deeper levels. So the foundations for the consciousness are balanced brain's hemispheres and energy, and the foundation for the latter is the health of the physical body, pH balance. The foundation for the health of our body is the food that we eat. If we are consuming acidic dead food, we have acidic dead body. And if we consume healthy and live foods, we have healthy alkaline body. We are what we eat. The interconnection is the following. Consciousness receives the energy from the brain, brain from the body, and the body from the food. That is total interconnectedness, wholeness. Everything has to develop in a holistic manner. Simultaneously, we have to look after food that we eat, the pH of our bodies, the balance of brain hemisphere, and consciousness. If we are focusing and training only one aspect, it gets stronger, but the others stay weak, which leads to failure. That's why many lamas and healers experience sickness and even diseases like cancer. And the reason for that is that they are developing only consciousness, the energy, but they are neglecting their physical body. The effect is the same as a light bulb, which was designed for three volts, but during the meditation is passing through itself 1000 volts. And the result is, it explodes. Our bodies must be not in the resistance to the passing energies, but stable conductors of that energy. Body represents the earth, the consciousness represents the sky, and the sky and the earth have to be in balance. If we fly high in the sky, the earth is not supporting us, because body is weak. Or an opposite, somebody is looking after the body, its pH balance, but it doesn't raise the energy, does not expand the consciousness. We have to root ourselves inside of us, in our heart. We have to use up our consciousness to unite our focus and our heart. And the first interconnecting link is the body and the food, metabolism being as an indicator. The second link being between the body, energy and the brain. It is about our sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system, which depends on intensity of various hormones in our bodies. That in turn balanced by yin and yang. In a short summary, body, brain and energy is dependent upon nervous system. Energy, brain and consciousness is dependent upon the strength of neural network of the brain. This demonstrates how tightly everything is connected. So, in the beginning, I would like to talk about the body. How to raise its vibrations, how to make the body healthier. And in the beginning, I'll give an example why a holistic approach here is of an utmost importance. I will give an example of my Dao friend, because it is very colorful and very obvious. So, my friend is practicing Dao. And as you know, all Chinese systems are based on Qigong. And Qigong comes from two traditions, Buddhism and Tao. Buddhism uses direct alchemy, whereas Dao is based on skeletal system of the brain, meaning that transformation happens via skeletal brain and the spine systems. The very basis of it is energy cultivating practice, which are divided in practices increasing the energy and practices distributing that energy. Qigong is all about growing the amount of energy. Chinese Tadetsua is about distributing the energy. 
It is useless to engage in practice in distributing energy if we didn't grow it. It would be the same as doing gymnastics. Physical body looks great, but without energetical potential in it. Without qi. Therefore, masters in China first grow and accumulate the energy. There is a friend of mine who developed such a power that he can perform incredible things. There is an exam in Dao system where you need to take a watermelon and you cut off the very bottom part of it. The master has to place his hands above the watermelon without touching it, directs his energy towards the watermelon and the seeds fall out. Then they cut open the watermelon and there are no seeds in it. However, this watermelon is not good for eating since it's like being exposed to high levels of radiation. This could be performed because of all the accumulated energy. If an individual is growing and accumulating the energy but on the mental level is having consumeristic, egoic ideas, and the result is that mind energy and body are pulling the individual into the different directions like swan or a pike if energy is stronger it will pull all a system up if ascetic body wins all system moves down or one will be distracted by the mind the core of the holistic development of all the aspects empowers us not to be pulled by our weaknesses or strengths in one or the other direction but to harness the power of three aspects of mind, body and spirit by incrementally developing oneself. All failures and setbacks are happening in the aspects which we are not developing. The first cardinal rule for self-development is holistic approach to it. All aspects must be developed simultaneously. Otherwise, we are very strongly going to be pulled down by a bottleneck aspect of the system. Therefore, we start with the physical body. Strength and flexibility are two indicators for the physical body. We know that not everybody who is strong is flexible and vice versa. Both strength and flexibility are dependent on the cleanliness of the physical body. The indicator of which is pH balance. If it is more on the acidic side, it is aging, affected by the diseases and approaching death quickly. If it is more on the alkaline side, then it is all about health and longevity. So the first indicator for the body is health and pH balance. We must move body's pH balance to the alkaline side. If we talk about the physical plane, then it is very common that the parasites, viruses, bacteria and diseases happen as a result of, of microbes attacking the cells of our body It is very important to notice that microbes by themselves do not attack our physical bodies. The trigger for this attack is always acidic pH balance of our bodies. Namely, acidic pH balance in our bodies creates perfect conditions for the thriving of parasites, bacteria and diseases. The more acidic the body is, the faster they multiply, grow and spread. The alkaline terrain is the terrain where they cannot thrive and grow. The alkalinity is fundamental to thriving of individual. Those interested in growth must strictly observe what energies they are putting in themselves in the form of a physical food. I always refer to the following example. If you put the apple under microscope and look through it, you would initially notice molecules, then we see atoms, then we see particles, and if we look deeper into those particles, we first see protons. And if we observe even deeper, we would notice electromagnetic field. That is vibrating at a certain frequency. And the higher the frequency, the matter acquires cleaner and brighter expression. And opposite, the lower the vibrations, the matter is denser and heavier. On the low vibration, the wave is so slow that for our ordinary eyes, it looks as if it is static. On the high vibrations, the waves move so fast that our ordinary eyes perceive them also as static. Whatever we ingest or consume in a physical form, 
say it, an apple, on an energetic level, it is all about frequency. All of it has a direct effect on our vibrations. Notice there are moments when individual eats and suddenly his attention starts to dissipate or he wants to sleep. Overall energetical potential was pulled down and energy started to dissipate. The frequency got lowered. As a result of lowered frequency, the codes of amino acids became blocked. Food affects not only pH balance, but also our individual vibration. And I usually give the following example. The elderly is dying from the old age, or a dog hit by the car. Dogs' cells stop vibrating. The moment they stop vibrating, they became actively acidic. That acidic balance signals all viruses, bacteria and parasites to start decomposing the body into the soil. This is their job to start decomposing that body into the soil. They got activated by the acidic terrain of the body and the acidity was the result of the lowered vibrations. Any individual whose body is on the acidic side will be attacked by the parasites and the bacteria because of the resonance. And these organisms are not harmful or bad, but it is their job to do these things. We ourselves invited them by lowering our vibrations, making our bodies acidic and signaling bacteria and parasites to start decomposing it, which leads to sickness and aging. We cannot blame them because it's us who turned away from the natural harmony with the nature. We created the acidic terrain where they are performing their job of decomposing. Bacteria, viruses and parasites have always been, are and always will be. They never stop those developing themselves. They were only attacked if they turned away from the harmony with the nature. It happens very often when there are two people and they happen to be in the same environment. One gets sick and the other does not. The one who got sick had the acidic terrain of the body and the healthy one had the alkaline terrain of the body. We are not in effect of external circumstances, but in effect of our own internal state, which sets the tone of interaction with an external world. Page balance of the physical body is an indicator. If it is on the acidic side, the body undergoes rapid aging, acidosis, is exposed to sickness. If it's too much on the alkaline side, then it is alkalose. It cannot absorb the protein. There must be balance. And we are using CO2 to naturally to move that balance to the alkaline side. I keep mentioning that pH balance is the most important indicator for the physical body, which is directly affected by the foods we consume. The following foods creating a lot of acidity in our body. Heavily thermally processed foods, foods containing poison coming from the decomposing flesh and ammonia, these are two strongest poisons known in the nature, which are being produced at the end of the digestive cycle in response to cholesterol of animal origin. Therefore, consumption of meat, eggs and fish will produce, will produce these two poisons and will move our bodies to acidity. Tea, coffee and alcohol also actively acidify our bodies. There is no amount which could be beneficial to our physical body. Not even a glass per week. No, there is no amount of alcohol which could be beneficial to our bodies. And those who are here, I'm sure you already know. In the olden days, the grape juice in the first phase of fermentation used to be called as wine. And that wine or juice is beneficial for the body, for our blood, for our hemoglobin. It also has positive effects on our parasympathetic and sympathetic nervous system, activating the hormones producing yin and yang, which in their nature have a balancing effect. And alcohol is blocking the pineal gland, which is the king of all the endocrine organs in our body. It sends commands to thymus gland, acting as a transformer and which overlooks the activities of all other glands. So alcohol is blocking the king of all the endocrine organs and the hormonal level drops down. During the Lev Tolstoy times, when unique Russian manor named Yasna Polana was being built with the help of Rosicrucians, it was already known that there is no healthy dose of an alcohol. 
Nowadays, Uglov is supporting this knowledge and working in that direction. So the products I mentioned move our bodies to the acid side. There are no products which make our bodies alkaline. Every product can move our bodies to the alkaline side, but not make it alkaline. It's a big misnomer among many people practicing healthy lifestyle. That, for example, adding lemon to the water will make your body alkaline. We had made it a point and argued with many famous dietitians, nutritionists and doctors of Olympic Committee that certain products can help alkalize the body, but cannot make it alkaline. Only our breath can make our bodies alkaline. It's given by the nature, and food only facilitates in alkalizing it. Even baking soda with a pH of 8.2 only facilitates in alkalizing. There is no such product which can compare to it. Closest to baking soda are alkaline-rich products, such as artichoke, fern, pine, dill, actively facilitate in alkalizing our bodies. Also, all greens and chlorophyll-rich plants. Only our own breath makes our bodies alkaline. Breath is life. If you scan the lungs and observe, you will notice they represent the image of the tree put upside down. So, trees and lungs. They mirror each other's functions. Trees absorb CO2 and produce O2, and lungs absorb O2 and produce CO2. And CO2 is an elixir to our bodies. It is not that CO which we have to exhale, get rid of, lactic acid, but in particular CO2. Many in the medical profession do not know the difference between CO and CO2. Unfortunately, we did not have holistic education, and subjects like chemistry, biology, anatomy were taught as separate ones, not related to each other. In old times, the model of education was holistic, and any subject like chemistry or physics was central to relating to everything else and to anything else. They used to take an idea and study it in relation to various different subjects, until they got a holistic view. Medicine is not the only field which has this problem. The beginning of this problem was when we switched to a non-holistic model of education. For example, if you take uh, criteria as acidity and you would study from different aspects of biology, chemistry, physics, as if they are unrelated subjects, you'll start getting confused between CO and CO2. CO2 is given to us by our mother nature for us to heal ourselves and to make our bodies alkaline. We are coming into this life with an inhale, and we are leaving this life by exhaling. And the life happens between the inhale and an exhale. That pause in between two breaths was given to us by Mother Nature to heal ourselves, to rejuvenate, and the longer the pause an individual can hold, the higher amount of CO2 it can produce. And that leads to higher alkalinity of the whole body. Professor Buteyko from Novosibirsk has produced a lot of scientific evidence on this basis. In 2013, I had met a very interesting person. He was working as an engineer at Chernobyl plant, and he survived thanks to breathing practices. I will not dedicate too much time for that. But the information was truly valuable and uh, interesting. And the famous Buteyko breath method was born joining the expertise of these two men. Just before the catastrophe of Chernobyl, the engineer could pause his breath on the exhale for about six minutes. If an individual is capable to comfortably pause his breath for up to 60 seconds and up to 90 seconds using willpower, then he will be prone to diseases and sickness. Let's talk about comfortably pausing one's breath. If an individual can comfortably pause his breath from 0 to 60 seconds, then he is in the zone of parasites, viruses and sickness. And if he is comfortable pausing his breath for only up to 30 seconds, he might get sick and he is growing acidic terrain within the body, 
with pathogens thriving in it. Now, if the pause is comfortable from 30 to 60 seconds, for example, individual is exhaling, pausing his breath until he is comfortable, and then inhaling again and allowing his body to normalize. Like this, repeating this process of minimum 5 times and the norm is 10 times. And if the minimum pause during this whole cycle is from 0 to 30 seconds, individual can still get sick, however, immunity is much stronger. But these would be light common colds and the individual would heal by the next day. The microflora in the intestines is going to be less pathogenic. Microorganisms which thrive on plant-based fiber and contribute to the health of the body, they increase in numbers when the pause of a breath exceeds 60 seconds. We had conducted practical seminars which were attended by the doctors from the military hospital and, and Kivacha, an allied fasting center in Russia. And they were surprised to see that breath techniques helped individuals to heal not only from viruses and parasites, but also from fungi, which was considered as impossible. The breath is our gift from the nature to heal ourselves, to rejuvenate ourselves. This is the key to our health. There are no limitations to this gift because it can be used at any time, at any age, under any circumstances. There are diseases which are not anymore a title as oncological ones. I'm not going to go deeply into that. Let's take an example of pancreatic necrosis. The breath techniques have a very positive effect on it. We have real-life examples approved and confirmed by medical field with the results before and after. Breathing. Make use of breathing techniques and alkalize yourself. All the medications and baking soda, these are all external tools facilitating in alkalizing. And breathing is an inner instrument, alkalizing and healing. The nature is within us and the constant is holistic. Let's take chicken egg as an example. If an eggshell gets broken by the force from outside, this leads to death. And if eggshell gets broken by the force from within, that means life. Therefore, it's better to use practices and methods that heal from within. I recommend you to use breath, but not pills. If you stop medication, disease comes back. It's because you never treated the reason of the disease. Whether the pills are synthetic, or natural, they are still external tools. Breath is an internal tool and always available from within. I invite you to breathe, engage in breathing practices and increase your alkalinity. pH balance is the most important indicator. Once I participated in a medical conference where they were discussing the nature of disease, and I noticed how many different terms were created, such as liver, kidney, pielonephrit, and so many others, like cardiovascular diseases. However, our body doesn't know anything about this terminology. It doesn't exist for it. Our body is only concerned about the balance between the acids and alkali. If you have problems with liver, it's in acidic state. If you have problems with kidney, it's in acidic state. If you have problems with heart, it's in acidic state. Anything we call problem for our body is imbalanced to the acid side. And if we want to treat any disease, we increase our alkalinity. I want to emphasize that pH, balance between alkali and acids, is the main criteria for our vitality. And our body, at any cost, is trying to maintain that balance. And when individual puts the body into the acid side with food or being too stressed, because stress increases body's acidity. We actually conducted a test at a blood laboratory at Valianburg. We wanted to know what influences blood's acidity and how fast. We started testing foods and we were surprised to discover that emotions and fear affect the blood faster. Testing the foods, we discovered that highly processed deep-fried food is the most toxic food, followed by boiled food and then prepared in the steam. But the effect of food on the blood's acidity was way smaller than that of the emotions and fear.
erythrocytes in the blood glued together just after five minutes being exposed to stress or fear. And the same happens to erythrocytes only 30 to 40 minutes after ingestion of the physical food at the end of the digestive cycle. Therefore, the pH balance is the most important criteria in our body. And if we put our body into acidic side, experiencing stress of food, our body will be forced to use its own resources to maintain pH balance within the system. And the first place it's gonna look for it, it's our heart. The heart will start giving away its potassium. And potassium is required to maintain the balance in the blood between positive and negative particles. And if individual still keeps increasing the acidity, does not notice and doesn't pay attention that his heart is getting weaker, the heart exhausts its all potassium resources and it cannot give more because the resources are exhausted. It has left only for its own vitality. The individual starts noticing cardiovascular disease symptoms. And if one is ignoring these signs and continues living the same old lifestyle, eating the same foods, the second in the line what starts suffering is our nervous system. Nervous system gives away magnesium to help body to maintain a high pH balance. And when magnesium resources from the body are being gradually consumed, nervous system becomes unstable and human gets more and more easily stressed, acutely reacts to external stimuli, and taste receptors get even more sensitive and exert greater power over individual. And he starts consuming food not because of a physical need. In general, around 30% of consumed food is because of the body needs, and 70% of food is because of psychological needs. It happens that body doesn't need to eat, but I lack some emotion, so let me go and consume something. If we perceive a lack of joy, we eat sweet. If it is lack of willpower, we consume spicy. If we accumulated anger, we will crave anything salty. Our taste receptors are extensions of our emotions, and through them we feed our emotions. And emotions are nerves. The more disbalanced nervous system is, the more we will crave for foods. So the second system, nervous system, is giving away and exhausting its potassium resources. And emotions go wild, we experience anxiety, and taste buds get oversensitized. But individual doesn't pay attention and continues his old lifestyle with increased amounts of um, processed foods in response to oversensitized food receptors. And here nervous system runs out of its resources. And the third place where body goes for resources are bones, which release calcium. When the calcium is used to the degree to neutralize acidity, the stem cells stop performing their function to ensure longevity, happiness, support hormonal functions. Our body is constantly renewing the cells. For example, skin cells are dividing and being renewed on a monthly basis. Various muscle cells divide and renew themselves every six months. Cells of various organs renew themselves every 10 months and cells of the bones renew themselves every 7 to 10 years. That means that every 10 years we have completely new body. Some of us 7, some of us 10. In addition to ordinary cells, there are stem cells. The function of the stem cells is to produce any other cell, that which body needs at that time. And now in this situation, they stop performing their function because their activity is very tightly related to spinal brain skeletal function. And the latter are tightly related to the bone structure. And when calcium is lacking, spinal brain skeletal system is passive and stem cells are passive too. At this point, the system of longevity and health is completely broken. That is why it is so important not to cause acidity to your body and support its pH balance. That we would not lose and waste our resources. Instead, accumulate them and grow them. The algorithm of holistic growth looks like this. Consciousness is dependent upon the energy and the brain. The brain is dependent upon the body. 
and the body is dependent upon its pH balance. At this level, we take care of what foods we consume, that we would consume greens, that we would separate carbohydrates from proteins in one go, perform breath exercises that alkalize us. And the first practice which I would like to introduce you into, the most simple and direct to alkalize, is pausing your breath. As you remember, with an inhale we come into this life, with an exhale we leave this life, and life is the space between the two. Pause is a factor which directly influences our longevity and health. So the first exercise is, the individual exhales, pauses and closes the nose and comfortably starts counting the time for himself. If he has an urge to inhale after 15 or 30 seconds, he still waits for another 6 seconds and then inhales and normalizes his breathing. And then he starts again. It is very important to close the nose. If we are keeping our nose open, micro-breaths are still happening. But when our nose is closed, we create an inner vacuum. And thanks to that, alkalization happens on a deeper cellular level. That's why it is so important to close the nostrils. The second rule here, the pause has to be comfortable. If we paused and then inhaled and we noticed that we are running out of breath, it means we paused for too long. One should not allow this to happen. And comfortable pause means that after we have inhaled, our rhythm of breath is still natural. We are not tiring our nervous system and not accumulating the stress. It's very important to practice with satisfaction, with joy. Many times when people practice and they experience setbacks later, because they exert their willpower upon satisfaction. When we exerting willpower, we are accumulating stress. Then stress explodes, emotions go haywire, and emotions are connected to the hormonal balance. Through this, hormonal balance is completely disrupted. When we perform the practice, we have to totally enjoy it. In SPAS system, the most important rule is enjoyment. And if you cannot enjoy while performing the practice, that means you are unable to perform that practice at all. Sufi have analog to this too. 30% is practice itself and 70% it's enjoyment of it. It doesn't matter what type of practices we engage in, whether pausing the breath, meditating, various energy practices, chanting, prayers, invocations, the goal is to enjoy it by putting your heart into the practice, that the spirit and the heart would unite. If only the spirit is working, then it would lead to stress. If only heart is involved, we would become lethargic. The balance is the presence of both, spirit and the heart. Union between alertness and space. Please enjoy your practices by not breaking your nervous system, because it would make your blood acidic as I mentioned before. That was the first practice. If you do 5 to 10 rounds daily, you will start intensely alkalizing yourself. At this point, you can forget all medications. For example, if individual is using medications for diabetes, you don't stop them straight away. But when you reach the pause of the breath of 60 to 90 seconds, you can reduce the medications and eventually stop them at all. So body and its health is the foundation for cultivating energetics. In an alkaline body, the energy potential is increasing much faster. Also balancing of brain hemispheres happens faster. There are multitudes of energy practices these days and one of them is the tree of life, used for accumulating the energy. But here I'll give you a technique on how to enhance your brain by balancing brain hemispheres. If individual has unbalanced brain hemispheres, then his attention will always be moving around or he will be engaged in a constant inner dialogue. Battling with an inner dialogue is like battling one's own nature. Battle is always a conflict. It's important to remove the reason why is this inner dialogue is so chaotic and we cannot focus because inner dialogue steals our attention. It is not its fault. We ourselves created conditions for it to be happening like that. 
It's when we have viruses, it is because we created acidic terrain for them to come in. And our chaotic inner dialogue got invited by unbalanced brain hemispheres. We have to balance brain hemispheres rather than battle the chaotic inner dialogue. The practice of balancing brain hemispheres will increase memory, concentration, intellect, intuition, and as a consequence of that, inner chaotic dialogue dissolves. Like this, we are healing chaotic inner dialogue rather than the rational one. And here there is one exercise. As you already know, the right side hemisphere is responsible for the left side of the body. And left side of the hemisphere is mainly responsible for the right side of the body. As an example, we can use hands to stimulate and harmonize brain hemispheres. Brain is the root of nervous system. Fingers of the hands and toes of the feet are the extension of nervous system. Tongue is an extension of nervous system. Eyes are an extension of nervous system. And by engaging our hands and using our eyes, we can stimulate nervous system. There's one of the exercises. We make a wisdom mudra by connecting index finger with the thumb. These mudras we can see in yogis meditating, in India, also in the paintings of the Orthodox churches when somebody is praying for us or making a cross sign on us. Mudras do not belong to any religion or confession. We are connecting meridians of our bodies and using wisdom of inner nature to energetically stimulate necessary glands. And the second mudra is life's mudra. Yogis can use it for meditation, popes can use it to bless us, but it does not belong to any religion and anybody. Mudras were discovered by exploring inner nature of oneself and now being used for self-protection. So, mudra of life. It helps to balance endocrine organs, that what we call glands. With one hand we make mudra of wisdom, with another mudra of life, we clap the hands and change the mudras. Again, clap the hands and again change the mudras. In such a way, we start to stimulate brain hemispheres. And the emphasis here is not on mudras, but in coordination, which affects the brain's hemispheres. In earlier times, it used to be included in school's activities as part of children's development. These days, child leaves the school with a vocabulary of only 300 to 500 words. During the times of writer Pushkin, they used to leave the school with a vocabulary of 5,000 words and used various techniques to harmonize brain hemisphere. The main focus here is not the mudra itself, but the coherence of the brain. There is another, more difficult exercise available. The strongest nerve endings are located at the tips of our fingers and on the edges of our ears. With the right hand, we grab onto the lobe of the left ear and with the left hand, we grab onto the tip of the nose and then quickly change the hands. And again, we quickly change the hands and then we speed up, speed up, speed up, changing the hands. Avoiding grabbing ourselves on the cheeks or grabbing two ears at the same time. The right way to do is always one hand on the nose and the other hand on the ear lobe. And hands are always crisscrossed. And like this speeding up, individual is increasing the coherence between the brain hemispheres. In this exercise, in addition, one can add turns of the head, but twisting the head slowly and changing the hands quickly. If you do this exercise twice a day, two, three minutes each time, and in the duration of two weeks, you will notice sharp improvement in concentration, clarity, intellect, memory, etc. I highly recommend it and to the students and people engaged in some practices, especially spiritual practices, because attention has to be focused. Individual needs focus everywhere in his life, in social sphere, at work, in sports, in art, and also in spiritual practices. Focus is fundamental to any achievement, any practice. If we are unfocused, we are unsuccessful everywhere. And if we are focused, 
we are successful everywhere. Everybody is engaged in meditative practices. Everyone is practicing something to strengthen the focus. But it is when they are only engaged in something they love. Jeweler who loves his practice, artist, the dancer. And at work, we focused and lost it. Important not just to see but observe, not to hear but to listen. With these focused moments, we are cultivating the strength of our focus, its power. And little by little by little, we gain self-realization. And meditative practice is a science of teaching how to focus. We grow our focus not only drop by drop while engaged in arts. We take a seat, direct willpower and concentrate. However, attention has to be focused. The brain has to be coherent. In principle, this is the holistic algorithm for growth. Meditation or strong consciousness. We have to have strong consciousness in our everyday life. And the expansion of this consciousness is based on coherent brain hemispheres. Otherwise, during the process, one will be falling asleep or excited and distracted by thoughts. And the pH balance is the foundational for the balancing brain hemispheres because they are connected through the nervous system. And the cleanliness of the physical body depends on the breath and clean foods. This is algorithm of holistic growth explained in brief. So, my friends, I'm inviting you to educate yourself, grow yourself in a holistic manner. Do not leave out any important aspects. Engage and lead healthy lifestyle. Engage in simultaneous development of three aspects, mind, body and spirit. And the goal is to totally enjoy, not simply practice. What are we doing this for? We are experiencing here our heart in space and time. And joy and love are the only energies of the heart. Joy and happiness, and we are thinking of meaning of life. There could be many meanings, but the essence is love. The heart experiences this love through the meaning. At work, in arts, in business and spirituality, by playing the Messiah, by playing a hard worker, throughout the lifetimes of Sansara games, the heart feeds only on joy and love. Any situation of life and any practices from the very beginning have to be approached in joy. For example, for good practice, the foundation is healthy body and balance of pH. The same is in life. Everything mentioned before has to originate from love, because love and joy is the foundation for everything in life. If I had to quickly summarize everything what I've spoken about, the evolution of the human being can be represented as a four-side pyramid. Basically, it is a pyramid with the basis of a square, meaning it has four angles. These angles would represent four aspects of human life, which have to be equally supported. If we are supporting simultaneously all four sides of the pyramid, we are quickly growing and expanding in any chosen area. Four sides represent water, one has to watch the quality of the water one is consuming. Pay attention to the crystalline structure, pH. The second side of the pyramid is food. We have to pay attention and take care of the quality of the food that we eat. If we want to have dead body, we consume dead foods. If we want to have healthy body, we consume healthy foods. If you want spiritual body, consume spiritual foods. The third side is breathing. We have to become masters of our own breaths. The fourth side is consciousness, and we have to expand it. So if we are maintaining all four sides at once, we are progressively developing water, food, breathing, and consciousness. The pyramid has the top. This is the most important angle. And this is love. And this is the heart. It holds the master over the four. At the top of everything is heart. Two channels are originating from our heart. White is the father's going up and red is the mother's going down into the earth. The center is the heart. I'll give an example. If we're drinking water and our heart is worried, 
our clean filtered water starts destroying its crystalline structure. We can drink the simplest water from the shop, but with such a gratitude shining from the heart, and the water starts to be structurized to acquire symmetric crystalline structure. Another example, we are consuming our food and we are totally immersed and enjoying it. Meditation while consuming your food is ability to fully experience the taste and lower it to the area of belly button. Also very attentively chew through the food and it gets very well absorbed. If you are drinking medicine and it is bitter and you do not like it, the cell shrinks and it's not being assimilated very well. Or individual is going to McDonald's and eating some kind of rubbish, but with such a delight and pleasure that all the cells open up and start assimilating the nutrients. Food will be acquiring all the nutrients from that source where the heart is joyful and open. It's very important not to only consume healthy food, but to have joy out of it. Everything has to be offered to the altar. Individual is nourished not by what he eats, but by what he absorbs. Absorption is tightly linked with enjoyment. Heart affects and water by crystallizing it, affects food by helping to absorb it. It affects the breath. While breathing exercises, if individual is worrying, his heartbeat is increasing, the breath rate is increasing, duration of the pause of the breath is decreasing. If we find ourselves in love and enjoy, all these three parameters improve. And the fourth, it affects the consciousness. If our heart is experiencing worry or apathy, we force ourselves to concentrate. When our heart is in joy and we love to see what's in front of us, our attention becomes magnetized as if it is caught by some invisible force. This is how the love, the heart, the top part of the pyramid is affecting every single side of it. To conclude it all, the holistic approach to growth would be by developing one's breath, uh, expanding one's consciousness and by having delight of everything that you do. This is the most important. The most important activity that you are doing is the activity that you are engaged at that moment. Basically, this is all what I wanted to share with you. During this short time, I quickly ran through various aspects of holistic growth. Always remember that in a sick body, there is sick spirit and in a healthy body, there is healthy spirit and sick body will always demand your attention and dissipate your energy.